0: Welcome to Lessons for Leaders. This week, I'm joined by a very special guest and a very good friend of mine, Tina McDonald. She is the first in a series of guests and solo episodes around Lessons for Leadership, would you believe? So listen in today for some fabulous information about how Tina trains our leaders of the future, with the apprentice work that she does. She shares some of the common themes that she sees in leadership with those apprentice courses. A great example of influence, empowerment and changing culture that is made regardless of the level of leadership that you're at. I think you're going to love this episode. So welcome to the Lessons for Leaders podcast. Each week I bring you lessons, learnings, tips, and advice to enable you to lead with ease in business without the stress, doubt, and overwhelm. So I help you increase your performance, be resilient, and thrive in life. I'm Emma Langton, your host, leadership coach, and wellbeing trainer, helping you and your workforce increase that performance, elevate productivity, and improve well-being, so that you make a bigger impact in your personal and professional life and in your workplace. Recently, I've been working with organisations and individual leaders and managers to help them to be able to become more focused, less stressed and have a wider impact on both their personal and professional leadership skills, as well as improving wellbeing for themselves and that of their teams. Jennifer said, Emma provided one-to-one coaching to me over a period of several months. Emma's approach to our coaching relationship was very supportive throughout and she built trust very quickly. This allowed me to speak freely and I felt as though she truly listened to me and understood where I was coming from. I found Emma to be extremely pragmatic, I am, in terms of her advice and coaching style, always with a sense of humour but importantly with empathy and kindness at the core. I left each session with a sense of purpose, feeling more confident and focused in terms of different techniques I could implement and draw upon. I found my coaching journey to be really beneficial and I'd recommend to anyone thinking of seeking a coach to go for it. Thank you, Emma. And these are the results that I love to hear about. So, Get in touch if you want to know how I can help you individually or your organisation. You can contact me at emma at emmalankton.com. If you're not ready to do that yet, then you can get onto my newsletter. Again, the link will be in the show notes or there's information on my website at emmalankton.com. This newsletter sends out tips, information, statistics And the current organisational trends that are happening right now so that you don't have to dig around for it. It comes out monthly, so you can guarantee I won't be spamming you. And one client, Paula, said, I've saved every newsletter and often go back for tips, advice and ideas when I need help, support or inspiration. And then finally, a request from me that if you haven't hit the subscribe button or left a review for me, then please do go and find the little button and leave a review and let me know your key thoughts or your takeaways or what you value most from the podcast. And if you hit subscribe, it makes sure that you never miss another episode. It also helps other people to be able to find the podcast and for the podcast platforms to be able to share it with people so that we can get the message and support and help to more and more people where it's needed. So thank you for that. So today I am joined by the most amazing person, Atina MacDonald. I love having these conversations, so um, bear with us. Listeners, you're going to get a, a window of um, the conversations that I have with people that I that I love and whose minds are aligned. Tina is a Workplace Trainer for Leadership and Management Apprentices, and she's coming on today to talk to us about how leadership is not about you. So welcome to the show, Tina. Thank you for having me. For the benefit of the listeners, just tell them a little bit more about what it is that you do
1: and how come you got to do that. So I work at Milton Keynes College in Milton Keynes, obviously. Um, I work with the leadership and management apprentice. So these are people who are already in work, but they are looking to develop themselves and become managers. It's a team leader, supervisor, apprenticeship, mainly at level three. So these are generally people who are managing a small amount of people, maybe just a couple, a small team, a handful, or who are on that journey of, of improving themselves to become managers eventually. Um, and I take them through a whole year. The, the poor souls spend 12 months with me um, in training and, um, and we take them through an apprenticeship where we meet the standards that are set by, you know, the qualification standards. And we have a, an assessment at the end where they sit with an assessor who works out whether or not they've, they've learned enough about certain different um, aspects of leadership. Um, to pass their qualification and it's quite grueling for them they have to really go through they do a professional discussion they have to do a presentation it's not easy for them um, and basically I spend 12 months highlighting to them all the great things about leadership and making sure that they they understand how to do it and the way I see it is I'm looking to train people to be leaders that I would want my children to work for oh god I love that because that's and that's absolutely it isn't it you know it is about.
0: There's so many people that I, um, I end up in, in some of the coaching bits and some of the organisations as well that I go into. Um, one of my phrases that I've been using kind of all year really is about there's no, um, there's no management manual. So people yeah. get these promotions but generally because they're good at what they do. My listeners will be like, yeah, she's always banging on about this. People get these promotions and go through the ranks and whether that's at their first step of management or middle or senior they go up there because they're good at what they do. Um, yeah, but then there's kind of you need additional skills. There's probably a bit of a misconception about what it is that you have to do and how you can get people to do things um, and how you lead people. Um, but you're absolutely right. Our kids are oh, my youngest. You see, she's done her A level. She doesn't want to go to uni. Applying for jobs. Um, so yeah, she is going to be working for those people.
1: So, yeah I mean you know Shannon works for my eldest she works for Tesco's and she comes home and I'm I'm always judging the management you know she'll tell me what happened and I'm like oh they could have done this they didn't use that model and she's like mum please don't speak to my manager ever <laughs> so you know you do and you want your kids to work for somebody who treats them fairly you know inclusive and and all of those kind of buzzwords that you hear but it's, it's not about ticking boxes, as far as I'm concerned. Um, it's about really understanding what those boxes are there for. And so they're not ticked, they're just naturally happening. Um, I, I use a 70-30 split. When you go for a management position, you are doing 70% of the job really well, which is why you got the promotion. The 30% is the leadership stuff that no one really understands until you, you actually go through a, a qualification. It's the only way you can really do it. The amount of people where I you talk about smart goals and they they go, yeah, I know all about that. And then when you ask them to use smart goals to tell you how to make a cup of tea, they really don't have a clue what a smart goal is.
0: Yeah, totally. It is. Can you break it down to something really, really simple and apply it to something every single day that you do frequently and almost without thinking about it? Because we don't. And I say this to people about their their habits and things that we do. You know, I say, well, you know, if, if you're going to go put the kettle on, Um, You don't think I will lift that foot, bend that knee, put that foot down, pick the kettle up, lift the lid with that hand while still holding with the other hand. Just don't think about all that stuff that becomes automatic um, in that way. But we have to be able to look at it and assess it and evaluate it in order to then see where we can improve it. Where we can help the other people to do it in a really efficient way, which therefore makes it faster, which therefore increases performance. And people go,
1: Oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the one of the, my favorite bits in training is when we talk about evaluation. You know, it's the simplest thing. Evaluation is just looking what you did yeah. and how it went. But when you break it down to things like, you know, reviewing your own goals that you've set yourself or getting them to look at their own targets and say, okay, now evaluate, you know, are they fit for purpose? all these little light bulbs going off around the room are just, you know, my favourite part of the day. And then you can see them going, oh, hang on a minute, so what about this? And you're like, yeah, no, that's not right either. No, like, oh my God, what about this? And you, you see the evaluation of evaluation kind of coming out. Um, but we all think we know what evaluating is until you look at a model or a theory or whatever, and, and you look at how you're supposed to do it properly, like feedback, you know, <laughs> we all know the sandwich theory. But when you look at all the other ones, you can literally see the cogs all going around in their brain. Um, And what I love with the apprenticeship is it isn't just learning the theory. I get to make them go and practice it. So you talk about feedback and then as part of their task, they have to go away and they have to give critical feedback. They have to give constructive feedback. They have to give positive feedback. And then they have to get feedback on themselves and then they have to write up about it and talk about what they learned from it and everything and it's amazing because you know the the lessons learned are always I won't do that again you know (laughs) (laughs) I did the feedback and ah when you tell people this it makes them cry don't do that again and it's brilliant because it's these things that are so simple but without that support they're out in the real world doing this to real people and then they wonder why no one wants to work for them. Exactly
0: that and you know one of the things that I say all of the time is people don't leave their jobs they leave their
1: managers. Yeah definitely but be very careful if you post that quote on Facebook or on Instagram or on LinkedIn because then your manager sends you a message going have I upset you?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well you know and in fashion, I'll be talking to myself if I do that, you know. And I have taken through COVID when I've I've seen things. Or the kids have been asking me stuff, or like, Andy moved his holidays and things like that. And uh, and this is said, Have you moved yours? And I was like, Oh yeah, yeah. My boss is really, really flexible, and she's just grateful that I actually turn up and do the work every day. And then the kids looked at me and were like, You are the boss. And I'm like, Yeah, yeah. It's called humor. It's humor, darling. But yeah, it's important to uh, it's important to make sure you don't uh, you you know you don't upset your people, but also that you don't upset your boss too much
1: as well. Yeah, no, and and she's lovely in all in all honesty. So I think she gets me now. I think it took a while, maybe. <laughs> I think she gets me now. She knows what she's got, and that's quite handy. That's why we get on. You see, it takes yeah. a bit.
0: You know, people go, "Did did you really just say that?" Yeah, I really just said that. Yeah, you know, yeah. lovingly, but I really just said that. <laughs>
1: I've evaluated it and I meant it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: So, you know, we're talking about kind of, we've touched on it already, really, why leadership is not about you and why it's about those around you. Are there some common things that you see with these people that are kind of in in your apprenticeships that just been, you know, promoted in that, you know, they're good at what they do or they've got the strong desires and things like that. Are there some common themes that you see?
1: Yeah, so one of the things that we, we kind of come across quite a lot, and it's it's the unit we're kind of studying at the moment, really, so it's, it's quite, um, quite apt, is when we talk about the operational management stuff, because these are team leaders, so they're learning all about giving feedback and all of that kind of stuff, and self-awareness and time management and all of the usual things. But there's a unit where we start looking at operational management, where we make them step back and look up, and it's kind of looking at the operational strategy you know, the where we are now, where we do we want to be, how are we going to get there and how do we know we've arrived and all of those kind of stuff. And when you talk about that, you can kind of see the fear start to come in because these are things that they've, they've really not had any involvement in. And they know there's a task at the end of all of these things that I do with them. So they know I'm going to make them do something. So they do start to get really worried when I start getting really kind of quizzical about certain subjects. What happens is they realise quite often that the senior managers also don't always have a clue what they're doing. And it's kind of quite nice, I think, knowing that you're not the only person that is fumbling your way through sometimes. And when we talk about operational st- um, strategy, we look at culture in the workplace. Yeah. And it's, it's really interesting because you, um, we use, generally we use Handy's model for culture because it's only four that they've got to remember. It keeps it simple. Um, and when you talk through what those are it's it's great um, because they start to, I, I get them to tell me what their current workplace culture is and what they think it should be and then get them to think about how they can influence the change from what it currently is to where it should be and it's brilliant when you have more than one person from the same industry and they come up with a different culture. <laughs> I know yeah. that you both work for the same country um, company, and one's going, "Oh, it's power," and the other's going, "No, it's not. It's task." And we're like, "Okay, so that's really strange that you work for the same people in the same industry, and yet you both think completely different cultures are are what's driving your business." So when we then start talking about what it should be. It's kind of, well, there's two of you. So there's now a team changing the culture. What do you think it should be and how can you influence it? But then they've got to try and influence two completely different cultures. And it all gets really, really complicated. But it's a brilliant session for just turning the PowerPoint off and just sitting on the desk and just talking it out, which is, is what I like to do. Um, and they're all the ideas about why the culture might be that way, where it's come from. And it's brilliant because often they can blame one person, you know, they're like, oh, it's that person when they joined, this happened. And and they really get to start to see how these things develop and how these kind of cultures become this concrete thing that doesn't feel like it can change. And exactly what you said earlier about people leave people, not jobs. It's exactly the same. When there's a poor culture or the wrong culture, it could be an amazing culture, but if it's the wrong one, it's still just as damaging. And what they do is they're sitting there and they're working it out and they work, work it down to the particular team that's that's created it or the person that's created it. And then they start coming up with ideas on how they can influence that to be better. And that's that's just amazing to see. But then I geek out on that kind of stuff.
0: But It's so empowering for them, you know, because often people think that, I mean, even with that, because I mean, obviously, you know, because I work with leaders, but I still get leaders going, well, you can't really change this. Yeah. Uh yes, you can. Um, you know, I get first line managers, middle managers, um, either, you know, in the workshops, in the group training, coming to me, coming to me one-to-one, and, and they think that they don't kind of have that power. They don't kind of have that influence.
1: Yeah, um, and it's fine the same because that one person has all the power that, that they choose to have in the workplace. You know, if you look at things like um, equality and diversity, Back at when, you know, and I'm sharing your age as well as my own, when we were first at work, you know, it just wasn't there. No. You know, um, I expect it's probably there was some people that were talking about it or trying to improve it, but generally it wasn't there. And now it's huge mm-hmm. and it's important and lots of companies are, are, are taking it forward. That's come from a couple of people who have gone to work in companies gone, this isn't good enough, this isn't right. And they've put in place practices to change that these guys can do exactly the same thing absolutely yeah. they've we've, we did a, we had a talk um, we had somebody come in and talk to me about menopause and that's probably my favorite day ever because i've got a couple of um, fairly young guys on the team and i didn't realize when they were going to talk about menopause in the workplace they were going to go through women's cycles and everything and i could just see them dying slowly on the video and I did feel really sorry for them, but it's all about equality and diversity so that, you know, they've got to suck it up. And um, one of the guys has gone away and implemented a menopause policy in his workplace. How amazing is that? And that's all off his own back, just from hearing a, work, a talk and going back into the workplace, talking to HR and saying, have we got one? And them going, no. And he's like, "Can okay, we part of putting one together? Amazing. And he says he can't change anything. He's changed. Everything for those women that are going through menopause in the workplace. Everything and the
0: understanding of the other people that are working with those people, and then there's the legacy of people coming through, like because our kids, you know, everybody's exactly. going to go through menopause. So it's then yeah. back to the, you know, you're going to be managing our kids, and those kids going to be coming through type thing. So it, actually, the the, the the influence that he's got,
1: well, it's it's more than an influence; it could be a bit of a legacy, really. And because he's fairly young, he's wiping out that excuse, I'm too young to bother to learn about it. Other people in the workplace, because he's a guy, he's ruling out that men don't need to worry about this. It's a woman's thing. So he's leading that equality just by being curious and not even meaning to do it. So you imagine the power that these apprentices have when they want to change something when they're changing stuff just by because I've set them a task and they're using that as an example and then they're off on this big campaign that they're doing. You imagine when it's their idea and it's their change process. I mean, they're going to be amazing.
0: It'd be phenomenal, won't it? And it, and then, you know, when you've, when you've got that happening and the way that people are managed, the way that people are led, has that influence on that culture. And then, you know, the bigger picture stuff is that it makes it, an attractive place that people want to go and work, which then means people put more effort in and you get the best people and then you've got increased profits and da 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 da, da. And people yeah. don't always think about that because often there's a, you know, well, we're just doing this job,
1: you know, and I've got this project to do or I've got this task to do or I just need to see to these people that's it isn't it it's a I've been given an objective so I'm going to do my task what they're not doing is and what they're learning with me in the training is don't think about the task you're doing think about the the why you know why am I doing this task why is this objective been given to me so you know using the menopause thing okay he's given a task to look at the menopause policy and reflect on it what he found was there wasn't one so using our why is like well why isn't there one but there should be one what can we do about that and so it's it's questioning yourself and if they do that with their normal kpis and their normal targets and their normal day-to-day entering the office then they can change culture definitely because all they've got to do in the first place is think the culture's wrong why is it wrong and the rest is is just just happens um and i and i love seeing that happen because often these apprentices come in it's a level three so you get a lot of oh it's only a level three you know I don't know why we have to add the just and the only to these things they they are scrutinized in their endpoint assessment it really is full-on and I'm so proud of them when they pass because they really are amazing they've done so much hard work but after that 12 months their legacy continues because they are still making changes they are still developing things and these are going to be our leaders of the future aren't they and this is why I'm really big on this it's not about you not one single of my apprentices on my course because they just want to get a certificate at the end of it because if that's the case they don't actually stay on the course because they don't put the effort in and they don't like the hard work yeah they'll make it through the 12 months it's a bit like SAS you know if they make it through um when they get to the end, they've learned so much about themselves that actually they realize that they are doing it for everybody else. You know, that, that guy that's doing the menopause, he's not going to go through menopause. No. So he's literally doing it for everybody else but himself. What is he going to gain from all of that work he's putting in, all of that extra hours, all of that research he's got to do? He's not he's not specifically himself going to gain from it, apart from he's going to gain the fact that he's gaining respect. He's gaining the ability to show what he can do. And for his self-awareness, that confidence that he can make change.
0: Yeah. And that's so empowering for people, but it's for him in the, you know, the kind of gives him the kind of I can do this sort of thing. But also for everybody else, changing those ideas around, you know, let's stick with the menopause or the customs that you have, the understanding that people have, that social behavior within um well I mean it used to be within society but I mean that society is then the organization and the people that you work with and everything and just gives that you know just gives that ability for 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 growth of individuals and you know and the organizations I love talking about culture and people Um, (laughs)
1: yeah how long is your podcast meant to be
0: yeah exactly (laughs) I know we could go on forever if you were to, as as this is uh, Lessons for Leaders podcast, if you were to say that people took away one lesson um, from our conversation today, what would you say that needed
1: to be? Oh, I think it's got to be the it's not about you. Because that lesson is, is so poignant. They can take that into everything else. When they go into a meeting, they enter that meeting thinking this isn't about me and if they're going into a disciplinary it's not about me so it helps them to detach the emotive side of things when things go wrong so they don't take, carry blame and they don't carry that that kind of it's my fault that this person's lost their jobs you ever been in a redundancy uh, meeting you come out feeling awful that you've mm. had to do something to somebody but it wasn't you that did it it's a business decision so if you go in with it it's not about me you don't go in callous and cold you go in with all the right reasons. And I think that's gotta be the biggest lesson learned. If people can learn that leadership isn't about them, it it allows them that that self-confidence to try things and do things and not carry guilt and shame for the the stuff that doesn't go well.
0: Oh, I love that. What a wonderful way to wrap all of that up. It's absolutely perfect. This is gonna be so valuable to everybody. Tina if people want to connect
1: with you where would they do that? Probably the best way to connect with me personally is on LinkedIn mm. um, I do like to share all my stuff on on there that I'm doing with The Apprentice and things um, so that's a good place to to kind of get in touch really with me. Fantastic and for the
0: listeners I will put the link in the show notes I really hope that um, There's been some key takeaways, more than just the one lesson, but some key takeaways that people can really take on board and begin to learn and implement from. Tina, thank you so much. As ever, it's been a pleasure to talk
1: to you. As always, it's a pleasure chatting to you as well. And we did good time wise
0: not too bad at all very good so listeners if you want any more information on um about culture and about leadership keep listening to the other podcasts that are coming through in this series and do uh, make sure that you connect with tina drop me an email emma at emmalankton.com with any questions that you might have and then i'll see you again in the next episode